0: Hi everyone, welcome to Influence Now podcast. Today, our special guest is Manny Puentes, CEO and founder of Rebel AI, actually a Colorado-based company, hence his hat. And uh, so we're practically neighbors, which is is great. This is unusual for our blockchain guests. And he's gonna talk to us a little bit today about what Rebel AI has going on and what it's doing to disrupt advertising and digital advertising. So Manny, if you want to go ahead and give us a little bit of background on you, and uh, then we can dig into a little bit about what Rebel AI is just in general to start with, and then we'll go down into uh, some of the problems it might be solving in the future.
1: Yeah, for sure. So Manny Puentes, CEO and founder of Rebel AI. Um, you know, I've been in Colorado for twenty years, twenty plus years. Uh, you know, I've been working on advertising platforms since nineteen ninety seven building DMPs and SSPs and bidders and everything you think of in advertising um, and then uh, basically have watched the evolution of media trading and, and basically thought, wow, you know, there's no better time to then secure all the media trading than there is now, given all of the transparency and fraud issues.
0: Yeah, no, the fraud issues seem to be, especially with the stuff going on with Facebook right now, it's in the news, the trending uh, stuff with privacy. Uh, I see a big need for this, and, and especially with regulations that might be happening. So, can you explain to us maybe a little bit about what ab- the advertising fraud problem is, and maybe any anything you have around that to help our
1: audience understand what that really is in the ecosystem? Right. I would say there's a lot of different classification when it com- classifications when it comes to fraud. Right. So. Uh, you know, there's human, non-human. Uh, what we're actually setting out to solve is what they call domain spoofing. So what that is is basically when you load, when a, in the advertising ecosystem, uh, those, those that are familiar with the DSP, it, it, it's, is, um, they're far away from the actual publisher, right? So the, the way that, that advertising works is when you load a web page, um, that way, p- web page calls uh, an advertising platform, and as soon as it hits the advertising platform, there's a whole mess of transactions that happen, and they're they're basically not, you know, they're all based on a protocol called HTTP, and so HTTP doesn't have uh, a lot of the reporting and auditing that that you need to um, start to understand how these. Transactions are are taking place, and so essentially, in a nutshell, to make it simple, I actually have a I actually have a uh, an example of all everything that's going on within a browser. But in a nutshell, what's happening is a uh, demand side platform or an SSP, depending on how far away they are from the publisher, uh, they can't really tell if they're really buying, uh, let's say, a New York Times, right? So or um they don't know if they're really buying cnn.com and the reason for that is because um, those sites are just identified within the protocols as a string right and there's no there's no security around that so anybody can just change the string within these protocols and call it good make money off of somebody else's brand make money off of all the hard work that publishers have put into creating their content and um and and it's just and it's just something that needs to be solved in advertising, and and that's the class that that's the class of fraud that we're we're solving.
0: So to make it a little simpler for everyone to kind of consume, um, and myself, <laughs> is <laughs> this is like say we have a New York Times, New York Times is selling advertising through various display advertising networks, and this advertising, um, how it's distributed is exactly what you talked about, but then there's also other, the spooking that occurs is these other websites basically make themselves look like New York Times, and then they run the ads even though the traffic isn't the same, so the user base you're actually reaching out to and paying for, it's not getting you what you want, especially when you're paying for impressions or click throughs, it might be the audience that you're looking for, because these aren't real websites, is that, how, is that the correct way to understand this?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's one version of it. Um, you know, there there are sites that make themselves look like New York Times, and they play a lot of games to make that happen. Um, another version would be someone sets up a data center and then create creates, uh, you know, these advertising bots and make fake requests uh, to these advertising platforms. And the DSPs or other platforms don't really realize it's just a server farm inside of a data center. So, so there are a couple of ways to, to actually do the to actually uh, execute on domain spoofing, but with blockchain and, and identity and pr- public and private keys, you know, we have that we have that solved now.
0: So leads me to the next question. Nice work, Manny. <laughs> <to> how does Ripple <laughs> AI solve the problem? So if you can explain a little bit about that, maybe uh, I don't know, you, you said you might have a visual for us too. I know uh, we got an audience network that's audio, so I know you probably walk us through that, but how does Rebel AI solve this problem?
1: Well, first and foremost, before we go into exactly how we solve it, I'd absolutely love to show you the complexity of the advertising ecosystem. So what I've done here is I, I took uh, the open source version of a browser because um, it's called Chromium. And I needed to be able to show exactly all the transactions that were happening. And it's really hard to do this. You know, you plugins and other, other components are, uh, that you can put into a browser don't allow you to, to, to show you uh, or to access what I'm about to show you because of security models. And so I had to go deep down into the browser, into the memory model, and figure out how all of these IDs correlated and these IDs that I'm referencing are called iframes. And so, um, let me let me actually pull that up and then kind of show you uh, what the advertising ecosystem looks like, what we're dealing with, and the complexities of of what's happening. So, let me screen share this. Okay. So. Um, essentially what you're seeing there is a pre-rendered graph of uh new york times or actually this is uh msn.com so um this is already rendered but i'm actually going to reload the page now so what you're about what you're about to see is uh this graph dynamically create itself um and those orange dots that you see on the graph are basically iframes and in the past nested iframes um it's hard to actually uh, traverse nested iframes because of the browser security model, but in this case, it's, you're actually gonna be able to see it. And so I'll walk you through some of the, the things that you're seeing here once I reload. So I'm about to reload msn.com news.
0: And for, for the listening audience, but what we're looking at is a tree diagram that's dynamically changing to show the complexity um, and what's attached to the iframes and all the different calls that are happening. Is that correct, Manny?
1: That's correct. And I'm also scrolling down um, in the page because the JavaScript around the advertising, uh, you know, the 300 by 250s or the 728 by 90s or whatever um, uh, uh, sizes uh, have what they call viewability wrapped around them, viewability tags. And so I have to. uh, What you don't see is that I'm I'm actually scrolling down in a browser to execute some of these tags, so that um, once they get in the viewport of the browser, they'll actually start to fire a lot of the advertising calls. So, and every page load is different. It's like depending on the platform um, that that's actually trying to serve an ad uh, will result in a different graph because some platforms work with other platforms that work with other platforms and then all of a sudden you've got this this giant graph of of, uh, of advertising platforms that are trying to serve a creative inside that 728 by 90
0: so, so this is I'm gonna, with what uh, you I'm gonna kind of cut you off there just to make it a little easy Vanny. I'm sorry um, to do that but this, so what we're really looking at here is If if somebody was on the front end looking at MSN.com and they were scrolling down the page and as the advertising pops up, down the page these different calls are happening, just so everyone understands it.
1: Yeah, that's correct. So, um, when you load up the page and you start to scroll down the page, um, it starts to, once the advertisement becomes in view within the viewport window then the viewability scripts kick in and then they make the call to the advertising platform. So what they're trying to do is only display the ad if it's in view of the browser to have a higher probability of the actual individual seeing it, right? And so you have to write a browser or you have to have a browser in order to, to, um, to execute these scripts so that you can actually graph the transactions. Got it. Right. So. So um, as you can see here, uh, you know, you've got at Nexus, you know, y- y- you have um, you have. Let's see. There's this little here. You have distillery. Uh, you have. Um, magnetic. And a bunch of these DSPs that show up, double click, trade desk, all these little, what you see, these little cameras here are basically cookie syncing pixels, right? And that little blue, uh, those little blue dots are JavaScript. And so when DSPs, what they call demand side platforms, are um, setting cookie profiles uh, or, or setting cookies so that they can actually identify profiles when they're Purchasing inventory, um, they drop these little pixels here that you see. So usually, what's what? Usually, when you see something like AppNexus, and then all of those pixels that are being dropped are probably the the demand side platforms that are going to be buying through that SSP. So the, prob- the and the problem that exists again is that sometimes these
0: sites will be spoofed, so the the, the calls won't be secure. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. That's right. So, so essentially I'm, I'm loading this in a browser, but, but this could easily be uh, a browser inside of a a data center, right? And the, the, the people on the buyers on the end um, don't really know that it came from a data center. And, you know, they just assume that um, because the string inside of the HTTP protocol that delivers the open RTB request says msn.com, they just assume that, okay, well, this is the best that I have to know directionally that it's msn.com and I'm gonna go ahead and buy the audience that I'm looking for, right? And so that's where the problem comes in is because these platforms aren't uh, connected directly uh, or have no mechanism to know uh, or have the transparency to know that uh, it is msn then then you're just then it's just a guessing game and so that's opened up the opportunity for fraudulent activity to happen and uh people to make a lot of money off of brand you know brands like cnn and uh business insider so on and so forth yeah so it's it's pretty it's really complex right i put this graph together to show you that you know in order to actually solve this problem you have to integrate you don't have to, but but you know, there's a lot of different approaches integrating with every single platform, which can take a really long time, or figure out innovative ways to capture and secure all of these transactions uh, and start to deliver a quality uh, for the advertiser and start to pu- and really protect the publisher's identity, right? Because the economics around uh, a publisher Essentially, they have a VP of sales that goes out and says, "Hey, we work hard to, to curate an audience. We work hard to curate the content. Here's our demographic makeup." And they go out and sell their audiences to these DSPs or uh, and create private marketplaces. And they'll say, "Hey, well, we'll sell we're, we'll sell you our inventory in a private marketplace for you know I'm I'm making this number up ten dollars CPM, right?" Um, and the DSP will say, Well, why would I pay $10 for it when I see it on the exchanges for $1.50? And they say, Well, that's impossible. How 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 can you how is that possible? Right? And what's really happening is it's these data centers or fake sites that are putting putting their inventory on the market at a cheaper price. And these machines are just basically running conversion metrics. And, 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 you know, the, the spoofers and the, the, the bots out there have gotten really smart on how to set their own cookies, uh, go and essentially build cookie profiles that are going to have a higher propensity to be bought, and it's just a mess, right? And, and you know, blockchain and security and identity has is, is really brought a, a game-changing technology to help with all of this.
0: So that does, uh, now, now we can talk about Rebel AI and how Rebel AI is solving this problem, use, utilizing the blockchain. So if you can get a little bit into, just without getting too deep into it, just uh, some generalizations on how Rebel AI is really
1: solving this. Yeah, for sure. So, so one of the things um, that, that's really important is that in, in, a, in, in a blockchain environment, uh, you need a common transaction, right You need something that identifies the transaction that allows you to uh, increment and decrement a value right So let's, it's just the whole common you know that's just how a ledger works right And so you see all of those um, transactions that are happening within that graph. So imagine a world where, uh, a typical flow is I go to my browser, I type NewYorkTimes.com. That transaction is going to go to what they call a content delivery network. And that content delivery network is basically a bunch of servers that are spread across the world that serve the content for New York Times. When that content hits the browser, um, you saw all of those advertising transactions that were happening back and forth. Well, right now in advertising, you um, The way that IDs are passed around from platform to platform are what they call macros, right? And so when I first started uh, Rebel AI, uh, I started to look at how all of these platforms uh, are transacting. And and I've been doing it for 20 years, so I kind of already knew, but but I wanted to look at every aspect of how we would get blockchain inside of this type of environment. And what I found really quickly was there's not a common transaction ID. And because there's not a common transaction ID, it's when, you know, advertisers, when they're looking at their reporting, they're going to want to know what ad ID, what creative ID, uh, where it was actually served. And so you have all of this metadata that an advertiser is expecting in their reports, right? Okay, so now let's go back to the transaction ID component of it. Well, in order for this to work, the first thing you'd have to do is you'd have to have all of these platforms play in harmony, right? Um, And they would have to start with a, a unique transaction ID at the top of the request, and then it would go to one platform, that platform would redirect to another platform, but before it redirected, it would have to actually resolve that transaction ID and put it on the next call. And so as these calls are going back and forth between the browser, those macros will have to continue to resolve. And that's where a big problem comes in when it comes to putting blockchain in advertising and so that's whenever i started to go to the drawing board and figure out how am i going to get blockchain in this environment with this transaction problem and even if i solve the transaction problem um, i still have a problem with operational errors right so if somebody gets the macro wrong and let's just say you have 10 15 platforms all of a sudden i i can't ever deliver a solid solution because If they get the macro wrong, then my transaction ID is wrong. And now I can't, you know, provide the reporting and the transparency that I need to give to advertisers and publishers alike. And so essentially once we got to the drawing board, I said, okay, this is how we'll solve it. So we actually integrated within that content delivery network and we established a wallet on that network. And that has the public and private keys. So now when you go to a browser, Rebel AI is installed Uh, You go to newyorktimes.com, we'll digitally sign that page. So the request will go to CDN, we'll take the private key, we'll encrypt. uh, We have a digital package that gets created. It's an unstable package, so you can't take it and put it on another page because it expires and none of the variables will match. And now imagine a world where you have a browser, it's an authenticated page, and if anybody wants to co-author within that page, they're going to have to have the corresponding keys and signatures. So that's the that's the top. Where I mean, that's basically where the transactions start at the publisher. Now, if you're an advertiser, essentially what you do is you take um, the traditional workflow would be that an advertiser would talk to an agency. Agency would create all the media assets, upload those into a third-party tracking server. Let's just say DFA. And they take that tag and they put it into what they call demand side platforms. And what they're doing in those demand side platforms, they're just trying to find audiences and they're trying to convert on those audiences. And they're trying to do it within the context of, um, of the page. Right. So they're trying to find a reader, for example, trying to find a reader at William Sonoma, at William Sonoma and not at seven 11. Right. If, if they're an advertiser that's interested in recipes. So, in that model, uh, the additional workflow would be that instead of scheduling that DFA tag inside of the D- DSP, they they would send it to our platform and we would give them back digital signatures. And we would say, where do you want this ad to be delivered digital with it via its digital signature? And so you can choose the individual site or you can choose the market, but curated marketplace, or you can choose, uh, um, a deal ID. right. All of them are going to be, um, digital signatures. So essentially once you push, let's say a marketplace to get a lot of scale, um, we would give them back an, a digital receipt with a different tag that represents the original tag they put in. Right. So now they go schedule that in a DSP and, That tag can go anywhere it wants. It could be resold a billion times. It doesn't really matter because unless it lands on the site that matches the digital signatures, it's not going to render the creative. And that completely eliminates domain spoofing because unless you're the NSA and have a backdoor into cryptography, it's either either right or it's wrong, right? There's no probabilistic approach. It's 100% deterministic and it's real time and it's it's a game changer and now essentially what you we've what done is you've established a wallet on the CDN and it and essentially once you once you have that wallet on the CDN the second phase to that is to start batching those transactions and putting them on a distributed ledger so now you know exactly what the page views are and 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 now you have a a, a distributed ledger that has it's public knowledge that says here's here here's all everything here's all the page loads that happen with inventory availability, right? Um, now, now that's a contractual agreement whether the publisher wants to do that or not. So they can still have the identity components and the security around media trading. And if they opt into a public ledger, they can do that as well. Um, but this is really new, right? So we have to get comfortable with what we're sharing. And what's in a distributed ledger and all the politics and social aspects of what that means. So it, you know, what I'm really excited about is that we've solved the identity and domain swooping problem. And now we're going and socially educating the market about what it means to be in a distributed ledger. And then we start to push this forward. So think about our technology. And everything you saw in the middle of that graph, we essentially just bookended the advertising ecosystem and and we apply security in that manner, and it becomes easier. And then you can roll it out into an advertising ecosystem, and, and actually have have a real a solution for a problem that's happening today. So it's gated
0: with encryption, and verified mm-hmm. through the hybrid. That's right. And uh, that's right. Is there a particular? Uh, I mean, that's. I, I think it's revolutionary coming from um, a marketing space and, and and doing digital advertising myself. That this is revolutionary. In that, that I know that advertising is going to go where I want it to go. I know it's going to be secure. Um, I know publisher identities are going to be secure. So this, to me, is revolutionary. And so glad to talk to you about this. So uh, there is a. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Hyperledger goes itself and the blockchain, are you? Uh, is there a particular uh, blockchain you're looking at, or a particular technology? Are you looking at Ethereum? What
1: What's the? What are you building this with? Well. Well, we looked at Hyperledger and Ethereum and, um, you know, essentially what we ended up, it, where we ended up is, is we just believe that things should be in a public ledger. And so we actually have, have started, uh, you know, rolling out Ethereum. And so, you know, for us, you know, we, we basically want to stay true to distrib- you know, distributed ledger and having total transparency in what's going on. And, and we believe that we have a really pragmatic, pragmatic, easy to understand approach that will work in advertising. And we just want to follow through on that solution. And we believe that that that'll work. And, you know, as far as transaction speed, um, you know, it, it all depends on how you look at it. If you want to publish every single transaction that's happening, that's going to be a problem. Right. But if you want to scale and, you know, you want to batch some of these transactions and start to work in batches when you're actually uh, publishing out into the uh, Ethereum network, then all of a sudden that becomes more manageable. Right. And as we get better and better and better, those batches will get smaller and smaller and smaller. And we can get better at, you know, um, you know, just the technology and, and having and having its role being played out in advertising.
0: Is there any use cases you guys already have this uh, working on? I know I know you probably can't name names, but uh, is this is this already a viable working solution in the market?
1: It absolutely it absolutely is. Actually, we're in production right now. We're working with major agencies and major publishers, um, some of which are public. You know, we we actually integrated with Salon Media. We have some others that are in our private beta. Um, I mean, I think it's excited about is that uh, you know I can stand up. In, on any stage, and say, "Hey, you know what? Not not only not only uh, is blockchain an incredible technology, but it's working today, right? And we have we we are well on our way um, to, to have this established and, and and having a full solution. So I'm I'm really happy about that.
0: Awesome, um uh, We have uh we're we're basically out of time here, so uh, I want to be uh, respectful of your time as well. I know you're a busy guy." How can people reach you? How can people contact Rebel AI? We're going to also include this information uh, on any of the podcast posts and things like that we put out, but how can people find you?
1: Well, uh, usually, you know, in the mornings I'm on my bike ride, it's about a 15-mile bike ride, so you can go down Cold Creek Trail back here and you'll find <laughs> me somewhere along the ridge. But if you want to <laughs> contact me via email, uh, you know, just feel free to email me at uh, contact at rebelai.com or email me personally at epuentes at rebelai.com. And I'd be happy to, you know, talk to you about everything we're doing and, just, and go as far as putting it on a whiteboard and give you every single detail of how we do it. <laughs> awesome. And you're also speaking at the Global Blockchain Summit
0: next week. So that's how actually I'm going to get, get to see you in person. So I hope to just grab your thoughts around the event while we're there too. Um, Thank you everyone for joining us today and catch us next time. Thanks.